In this episode entitled, The Things I've Heard, this episode will probably be the most graphic of any of the pods that I put out because it's the only way I can explain the things that I've heard is by telling you the things that I've heard. Now, working in law enforcement, you hear every possible excuse that you can ever think of whenever you pull somebody over. You always hear the same things. They're late for work. They're late for school. You know, one of the best things that I ever heard was pulling someone over for on a Sunday for speeding. And this individual told me that he was doing God's work as well, that I should give him a break. Uh, well, God can figure out a way to help him pay for the ticket. I'm sure he did. But, or maybe he didn't. But the same individual was later heard um, bad-mouthing the police officer who had wrote him the ticket, me, saying the worthless son of a bitch could at least go out here and arrest people on Friday and Saturday nights, not on Sundays. So, you know, I thought that was rather interesting that you get a pass for speeding if you're going to church. So, but what I want to direct most of this conversation about is the things that you hear, especially on a DUI, uh, driving while intoxicated, driving under the influence, whatever you want to call it, OMVWI, operating a motor vehicle while intoxicated. But those are the ones that you hear the most um, graphic, strange, um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what, how you would encapsulate that, um, the, the strange things that you hear. Um, usually the strangest were out of females' mouths. First, it was... Do you know you're, you're hot? I mean, you're, you're fucking hot. Which, after a few times of hearing how hot I was, I would say, you know, that's the same thing my wife says. Which would usually lead into um, the statements, you're a worthless son of a bitch. You're a no good motherfucker. You're worthless. You're and which I would stop and say, have you been talking to my wife? Which then really lit him up. You small dick motherfucker. You small dick town cop. Which again I would ask, you have oh I wouldn't ask. I would just say, you have been talking to my wife, haven't you? But these these ladies would go through every cuss word in the book, letting me know 
how small my manhood was, how um, how I had a vagina, how um, I wouldn't know what to do with a woman if she was laying there, which one woman tried to lay there, um, pulled her skirt up all the way to her nose. Um, but it, it was always interesting, the things um, that you heard, because they almost went the same way every time. It was always, like I said, the, you're hot, then you're a dick, then came the crying. I mean, turning on tears, how they stayed hydrated, I have no clue. Uh, because these women were crying so much, I mean, they would have snot running down their face, their chin, their neck. Um, I mean, their mascaras messed up. Um, just looked terrible, um, which then led, for some reason, a small time out, a small, like, they were gathering themselves, and then it, it became as if though they were a professional, and would remind me that they would see me in court, that they would beat this case, that they knew their constitutional rights, and that I had violated them, and that uh, they would, again, see me in court. Usually I didn't see any of them in court, but I think one of the funniest things that I had ever heard was we were arresting a female. This was in a car at the time that didn't have a, um, a back cage in it. Now, so I was, we were going to put the female in the front seat. The, the nice lady kept sticking her foot up to keep the door from being shut, which my, fellow officer kindly put his foot on hers to kick it back into the door. Well, after a couple times of doing this, the canine officer from our local sheriff's department showed up, used his dog leash to hogtie her or hobble her, and then shut the leash in the door so she couldn't move her foot that much, which she kindly replied, you can take that fucking leash and shove it up your ass. Which he kindly replied, Bobby's pretty kinky, but I don't think he's that kinky. Which made me, made me uh, bust out. So it was, it was a good one. It was, it was a good arrest. When, whenever we all get to laugh, it's always, it's always a good time. But there are several uh, women that have been arrested that we had a woman who had drove up an embankment. All she had to do was put the car in reverse and she would have been able to back out, but she had the car and the truck was, I'm sorry, truck was spinning the back tires. And when we got there, the tires were still spinning because she was giving us the gas. And I don't mean just a little bit. I mean, <laughs> 
that the back end was going back and forth from side to side. But as we arrested her, she began telling us at first again what she would really like to do to us is both give both of us oral sex. And then one of us could take her home. And then once that didn't work, we were no good, small town, dumb motherfuckers, dumb, small dick motherfuckers. And I always wondered where that came from. Small town dick motherfuckers. It seemed like I heard that so many times. It was like it was in a a girl's dictionary to call cops that whenever uh, they were pissed off. But then, as she was trying to kick one of us, we, we hobbled, hobbled her, which means you restrain the legs. The legs go, the strap goes in the back of the handcuffs, so they're, they're pretty well hogtied. And as we're carrying her, this double-jointed female reaches down somehow and bites my partner on the inside of his thigh. To which he screams and yells, drop her. So we did from about, oh, above knee high. So she hit the pavement uh, gut first. She didn't have a gut. I think she weighed maybe 100 pounds soaking wet. But when she hit the ground, you could hear all the air escape her body at one time. <coughs> the, the, But the funny part about this story is the male who was accompanying the female in the car. Well, Naturally, we have to test him because you can't let uh, people think a lot of times we're picking on the people in the car. Well, when I first started in law enforcement, it was okay to maybe let somebody walk home, even if they had a couple too many. Maybe they they weren't at that limit where because in that day it was point uh, one zero, but so we would let them walk home. Maybe they were .06 or something like that. Well, you can't do that anymore because if somebody gets ran over, then it's your responsibility. You'll get sued. You'll lose your job, your home, your car. Um, so you have to test the individuals that are in the vehicle. So naturally, we think this guy's going to test really drunk too, and we probably have to arrest him. And as we test him on our portable breath test unit, this individual blew point zero 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 zero. This guy had nothing to drink all night long. And we asked, why didn't you drive? And he said, because... She told him everything that he was. she was going to do to him when she got home. And when he went to get in the car, when he got on the driver's side, she told him. 
my truck. I'm driving it. If you don't want to come home and get what I'm offering, then stay. So he said, I was going to go home with this crazy bitch. So, yeah, you know, females were always, uh, almost always followed the same pattern. Um, but it was, it was always fun uh, to, to see these individuals at a later date because usually they had no clue that you were the arresting officer in the first place. Um, I actually got into an argument with a woman. She said, there's no way you arrested me. And I said, yes, way. She goes, no, way. I said, yes, way. After a couple more of those, I actually had her meet me at the police department. I pulled the file and showed her. But she then called me a dick. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's amazing what women will do. But... The, but it always seems to follow the same thing, always. Now, switching gears for a second, the flip side of that is working with, or dealing, I don't want to say working, dealing with males on DUIs. Now, usually... Most of the time, guys are pretty easy to arrest. Occasionally, you got the one who wanted to fight. And usually, that was because he had some other type of warrant um, or was about to get served a warrant. And the, the, the funny individuals were the guys who had friends with them. Because you always got the guys who would puff their chests out, get their biceps just as hard as they could try to get them, get their forearms pumped, and just every muscle in their body, their jaws tighten up, and they're saying, when these handcuffs come off, I'm going to whip your fucking ass. To which I would apply, well, when we get to the jail, you're going to get a chance because those are my handcuffs and they're coming off. So you have to ask yourself there, tough boy, are you going to try to fight with me and at least a half a dozen other jailers correction officers in a building you can't get out of in a building that we can call more people in what was usually said almost immediately was the tone changed you could see the the guy relax and he would say dude you know I was just putting on a show for my boys right or I had to let my girl know that you know that I'm not a pussy. So, the, the, the guys always were a, a little bit different. One of the one of the arrests that I was most thankful for uh, than any other one 
was I had a call. I, I had to work by myself one night in this in our small town and the sheriff's department was busy uh working. They were they had you know, their deputies that were on were working other stops at the time. So I got called to a bar fight in the parking lot outside of the local um, drinking establishment, one of our drinking establishments, I should say. As I get there, the first thing that caught my attention was the sun seemed to disappear. The reason was this gigantic man who was standing there was blocking the sun. And him and this other guy were fighting. Or I should say, he looked more like he was just trying to shake a small chihuahua off his leg, like it was trying to hump his leg or something. Well, I told them both they were under arrest. They both both immediately complied. I handcuffed the first individual because he was the most aggressive, the drunkest. Um, he was the one that was we that I arrested for battery, disorderly conduct, uh, criminal mischief. Uh, the very tall gentleman, I arrested him just for battery because I did see him swing a punch that I did not think was in self-defense. Uh, you do have a reasonable right to defend yourself. Um, but um, stepping four steps forward to hit this guy after you knock him off of you, that's not quite defending yourself. So when I went to handcuff this guy, I'm glad I always carry at least a minimum of uh, three pair of handcuffs. Because I had to take two pair and hook them together to get them so I could handcuff his wrist. This is how massive this man was. Seven foot, three inches tall, 360 pounds. And as we're going to the car, he said, you do know I could wipe your ass up all over this parking lot, don't you? Because... I know you don't know me. I'm 5'8", and at the time, I weighed, uh, in my best shape when I came home from the academy, um, I was cut. I looked good. I weighed 165 pounds. Um, you know, after a couple of years, my weight went up to, uh, oh, about in the, in the 180 range. Um, but I still, you know, wasn't heavy or anything uh, like that. But still, 5'8", 180 against 7 foot 2, 3 inches and 360 pounds, that's, yeah, no, that's not going to work. And I told him, you don't know how thankful I am that you have decided not to whip my ass all over this parking lot. Um, so that was... That was a good feeling. Now, one of the DUIs that I had to arrest, 
this man was also large. He was like seven foot tall. I think he weighed like 260 or something like that. And he was just, my partner had him cuffed with one hand, but he tried to run and my partner was dragging him, shaking him, uh, just, or he was also shaking my partner. And as I got there, he tried to kick me when, and I drew my, uh, collapsible baton and I struck him in the leg, which brought him down on the ground. Uh, and which he said many nice things to me. Um, mostly that he was going to kick my fucking ass. Uh, he got a hold of me. My partner never let go of, of the handcuff, which helped keep me from not getting dismembered. The, uh, um, so he made the mistake of resisting not only at shift change time, but also there had been an armed robbery um, within the county, which meant not only was the local, the normal uh, patrol deputies on, um, but administration was now out. Uh, the detective was out, the um, crime scene folks were out, um, the the Indiana State Police was also assisting, and we called for assistance, which meant all of a sudden everyone and their brother came. Um, but he had he kept resisting. I hit him several times with the baton, which... Uh, it was really funny because when we did get him arrested, um, one of the other patrolmen on the department grabbed him by the hair and he goes, oh, another fucking hair puller. And he goes, oh, another fucking ground eater, pow! And uh, smacked his head into the uh, uh, pavement, which then after getting him handcuffed, uh, he had punched me in the throat, so they had to call EMS to come and transport me. Um, they thought about they were going to have to admit me. I had to stay like eight hours to make sure I didn't get any swelling in my throat. But they, uh, as they were arresting this gentleman, he began yelling and screaming. And the sheriff at the time, uh, sheriff was a gentleman who's not much older than I was. Uh, his father had been sheriff. And this young man was a, a, a very aggressive uh, progressive, aggressive. He was a good sheriff. And uh, he told the guy, he said, just calm down a little bit. And this guy looked at him and said, who in the fuck do you think you are? Uh, to which the sheriff grabbed him by the hair again and smacked him into the back of a car. And he said, the sheriff of this motherfucking county, welcome to my jail. But um, which made this guy kind of calm down a little bit, I think. Um. The last story that I wanted to tell on the things that you hear are things that you hear even if you're not there. And that's something over the radio, which sometimes can be something as simple as someone mispronouncing something, uh, you know... You know, we've had dispatchers that was uh, that were um, 
older gentleman that he had been a jailer and now was a dispatcher, um, which he would always tickle me because he would want to know if the deputies wanted to call the EMNS to the scene. Not EMS, but the EMNS, and it was always the EMNS. Uh, had one dispatcher who seemed like he always butchered people's names badly. Uh, he would read back the plate information or driver's license information. Uh, the young lady's name was Janice, and he he always said he would say Janice, which I have never met a Janice yet, but. Um, yeah, it was, her name was not Janice. Um, the, uh, we had a theft of a Nintendo once. Not a Nintendo, but a Nintendo. But, um, yeah, that, that, that was always good. Um, but this, the, the grand prize was during an arrest that a patrolman made. It was a domestic situation. The gentleman that was arrested was badly intoxicated when the uh, other units left the scene. Uh, the arresting officer, of course, had put the individual in the back of his car. I'm not sure if he, and I don't know why he would have done this. I don't know if he let him hand, uh, have his handcuffs, uh, his hands in front. Uh, because you never handcuff anybody in the front. It's always in the back. Um... But the other mistake that he made was in the patrol car, there is a cage and it has a plexiglass uh, door in it where you can open the door, close the door. Well, he, for some reason, had left the door open. So as the other units had left the scene, he went back inside to get statements from the victim. Now, while he was doing this, the arrested subject was warming his way enough through the opening of the uh, cage. which led to some of the following conversations being heard all over the radio, all over the uh, scanners in, in, in this area. Help me. Help me. 
to which the dispatchers then would, would, would reply. Uh, I think they replied, unit with traffic, repeat. And he kept saying, help me, help me. And again, the dispatchers would say, unit with traffic, respond. Um, the subject then said, I need help. I'm in the back of a police car and the cop is in there fucking my wife. I can see him through the window. Oh my God. He's got her on the table. I don't think she wants, I don't think she likes it. I don't think she wants any of it. Oh my God. He's, he's, he's taking all of her clothes off. He's, oh, oh my God. The dog's licking his ass. He's letting the dog lick his ass while he's doing my wife. Oh, my God. And this went on for several minutes until the other units could get back to the scene. To which you then heard, Oh, my God. He's, oh, my God. There's other cops here. I'm in trouble. I'm going to get my ass whipped. Oh, my God. Here they come. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, uh. And... Then you didn't hear anything else. But that had to be one of the grand prizes of things that you hear on the radio. Um, I did think of another was whenever sometimes in this line of work uh, some patrolmen seem to attract I want. I don't want to say groupies, but there are some women who um, I've heard that uh, girls that used to be in biker clubs, the next people that they like to congregate around are police officers. Um, but you do seem to have kind of a following, and sometimes it leads to other things. To which you hear on the radio, what had happened was the officer apparently sit on his microphone and keyed it. In other words, the button was pushed to where you hear him say, hey baby, how are you? To which she replies, fuck you. I don't have all night just to sit around and wait on your stupid ass so we can fuck for five minutes and then you tell me you got to go home to eat lunch. Bullshit. So, and it, as this woman is berating, verbally assaulting this officer, every officer in the county is trying to figure out where he's at because once you key your microphone, no one else can talk. Uh, dispatch can try to talk over you, but you probably cannot hear it. Um, so that that probably was a close close second. But um, I hope you're enjoying these. I like doing them. Um, I try to think of other things that people that uh, didn't work the crazy life of public service, EMS, firefighter, 
um, law enforcement that you're hearing something that you're going, oh my God, that really happens? Yes, uh, yes, these things really happen. So um, just stay tuned and uh, I'll talk to you again. Um, I can keep from stuttering, I'm sorry. Uh, be safe.